One, two, one, two. Ah, here we go. Usually we start the podcast off, and this is a very fun podcast, don't let me get wrong. We've got an excellent guest, and I know that often at the start of these episodes, I do talk a little bit too much, and we usually have the fun entrance the fun intro music and um, of course we acknowledge our traditional custodians of this land in which we get the opportunity to do this but this episode we're going to start a little bit different and uh, the music you can hear in the background is 396 hertz if you look it up on youtube it's there's many frequencies of the universe and this is the one that helps turn grief into joy. Um, I've seen it work firsthand with, with people that have been grieving and if you put this on while you sleep or, or have it on in the background when your heart's hurting, this can help. For those that know me close and many supporters of the pod, perhaps one of the biggest supporters of this podcast was John King. Johnny was such a legend. Last night, I had my friend John Manning over, and uh, Johnny was the man that I was with when I first met John King at Boom in 2016. And I'll never forget how proud young John was to meet old John because I had the John connection and it was a strong name and Johnny was a strong fella and one thing that young John mentioned to me last night was just how Mr. King's character he he stood 10 feet tall probably more um the last time I spoke with John King uh was well via tech text message but but previous to that was uh about a three or four weeks ago we were pretty deep into quarantine and into the isolation and um and we had a good chat for about you know 20 to 30 minutes and at the end i could tell he really appreciated the call and i think it's important that we call our friends not just assume that they're doing okay or uh sorry i'm probably going to fumble and bumble through this one a little bit but i'm not going to edit it but yeah call your mates because you don't know what kind of difference it makes um i can't help but think that that maybe that call on that friday night maybe bought him a a couple more weeks and i can't help but think that maybe if i had given him a call like last sunday when i was riding my bike home from the basketball court or monday while i was eating dinner or any time if it uh could have helped buy him a few more John John was a great mentor for me. He was a great supporter of DoofTube, um, always sharing ideas with me and, and always showing what we were working on. And, and he would always give me some great feedback from an outsider's perspective, but also from a business point of view. I'd recently been working with him, uh, helping him with his business U-Law. And U-Law, I think, sums up the essence. The essence of U-Law sums up John. He, he cared for people. They helped trauma victims um, and dealing with TAC people, sorry, and dealing with TAC people that had 
had traffic accidents or lost loved ones or had become paralyzed. These were the type of people that he was out there helping. And that sums up the character of the man, really. And um, I saw firsthand some of the people that, that he helped and some of the situations that he was dealing with. And I can understand the toll that that would have taken. And he, but boy, he, he worked hard for these people. And, and he's a man who always wanted to stick up for the little guy. And, and one thing, when I, when I heard the news, I actually had a look at his Facebook page. And I think what just sums up the man's generosity was that the latest posts were not self-indulgent ones. They were all the automated... John King has just donated to do, to a charity. There was about three of them. Straight, that, that was all that was on the timeline was donations to charity, and he's willing to give to people and help others. I mean, he put himself put put others before himself a lot, and um, it, that that really shines through. His character that, that sums up his character, man. He just put he just put people for he put everyone else first. His work ethic was so admirable. He's I learned a lot from him, even just in the in the couple of couple of weeks of just um, helping him do some filing and some basic admin work down there and just just helping him with that I, I learned so much from a business perspective the loyalty of the man to his friends and and to his business and his family his work ethic his love for yoga I got to to share an ice bath I mean he had an ice bath on his balcony I remember going and doing the Wim Hof with him at, at Fifth Element and, and just when we get in that zone and the feeling after doing a proper ice bath and look, I tell you what, every time I finish and have that cold shower now, I'll be thinking of you even more, Johnny. Since moving to Melbourne about five years ago, I've uh, been lucky enough to, to have so many great friendships. There's two, two men that I always looked up to. They're a little bit older and father figures probably you know, more like big brothers or, or a bit of an uncle, but definitely guy, guys that I would go to is, they are the guides. They are the guides. And, and one was Luke O'Shea, who now lives in Toronto. Shout out to my sensei. And the other man was John King. And they're both very similar personalities and guys that I could go to to have the best fun. But also, if I was being a dickhead, they'd be stern with me and pull me up. Or they just help, just guide me, or just some some subtle advice, or um, they're, they're, they're the two men that I've done a Wim Hof ice bath with. If you haven't done one, do one. Um, but just the Zen that John in particular has, um, I'm very lucky to have had these two men in my life since I moved to Melbourne, and and it's it's going to be hard to keep going without without Johnny close um, even since he moved down to Janjak obviously I'd still touch base with him quite regularly but there's always someone I'd always learn something from him every time I'd, I'd be with him I would learn something new about the world and something new about myself and uh, even the last time that I was with him he was I was working on tunes an EP that's coming out soon and um, didn't mean to, that to be a promo but I was sitting on the table whilst after dinner, uh, which we had dinner, and uh, and he was on the couch with his mum watching a movie, and we're appreciating the different audio techniques and things like that in the in the film. And and then we slept on his couch, and then the next day I helped him do a bit of work and do a bit of filing, and 
and help him help others because that's what he's all about was was helping others and and helping those that had been in unfortunate situations and that was that was the essence of you law um even John Manning last night, he shared a story with me at Rainbow. He, he always thought that John King was the life of the party and, um, you know, such good energy and very positive and happy. And this was kind of a humbling one and not to pump me up, but apparently John had been having a tough time at this Rainbow. And, and oh, sorry, John King had been having a tough time at this Rainbow and I'd bumped into him earlier and um, pepped him up. I didn't, I didn't realize I pepped him up. I was just like kind of being naturally how we are at festivals and, and Johnny Manning said to me that, that when he saw John King, he's like, I saw him and he was in a great zone. He's like, mate, I, uh, he goes, I was having a rough one, but I bumped into Trent and he lifted my energy. And I don't think I lifted his. I think I think he lifted his. And um, he definitely lifted mine every time I saw him. He was a big brother to me. He was a mentor. His love for life was like no other. He was always open to new ideas, incorporating different things. Um, and, and I'll always appreciate the time that he gave me, whether it was through DoofTube um, ideas for the podcast or even like yoga or just healthy eating, living life the right way, caring for your mates. I loved his view of the world. We all have different ways of grieving and I've seen some great stories and messages spread across social media and and I admire the people that have the, the courage to to vent or, or grieve that way. I guess this is my little way of doing it. I look forward to catching up with many of John's close friends this weekend. Mr. King was such a great man and thank you to everyone who's listening through this for taking the time um, to, to let me have this outlet. When I heard the news last Tuesday night, Brett and Chan had been here. We'd been working on a tune and um, and Chani left and I checked my phone a couple of minutes later and, and had this message from one of my best mates telling me of the news and of course I couldn't sleep for a long time. Uh, but, but that night I channeled the emotions and the only way I kind of know how these days and that's to start writing a tune so here's a little sample of uh, a tune that I reckon Mr. King would have had a good old boogie down to and really enjoyed high energy like the man himself but still some nice gentle and care through the vocals in this one and um, here's a little sample for our intro before we get to our nice podcast with Blake Glenn and uh, I'll have the I'll put the full raw unmastered version of the track that it was inspired by Mr. King at the end of this episode. So thanks again, everyone. I mean, I'm sorry that I talked too long at the start of these, but I feel this was a special occasion. Remember 396 Hertz, whack that on in the background if you ever want to help soothe your soul. John King was a special man. Everyone he touched is better for it. And we look forward to being guided by him in the next life. Thanks for everything you've done for me, Kingy. We love everyone listening to this podcast. Thank you so much. Have a great week. And uh, if you ever need anything, just give give us a call. Hit me up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. Send me a message. I'll reply. Or better yet, even just call, call your mates. You got some downtime. You don't know how much difference it could make. Sometimes a simple call can be the difference between life and death. 
I think one thing that I'll always be able to take from John King was he knew when to flick the switch in regards to focusing and doing the right thing. Uh, he came to my birthday party at Room sober, still had a great boogie and I had an awesome time. The, his, his focus and dedication to whatever he was working on was so admirable. And um, one thing I could ever take from Johnny is if you work hard, you get to play harder. So through these times of isolation, quote unquote, let's keep working hard, keep being there for your mates, and we are going to get to have one hell of a play in the honour of Mr. King for the rest of our lives. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And here's to a podcast now that is with a with a guest, a good mate, who we just wanted to brighten up some people's lives, talking about the fun that is Melbourne and the great tunes that are synonymous with our clubs in this beautiful city. So here, please enjoy this week's episode of the TB Podcast in honour of Mr. Jonathan King. First of all, the Techno Beat Podcast and DoofTube would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land as we are honoured to have the opportunity to record this episode from Bunwarong country for you today. We acknowledge the traditional countries of the Jarjawarong and the Wadawarong peoples. We pay respect to their ancestors, elders past and present, along with today's descendants that carry on the living culture and ensure its survival for future generations. Making his way to the mic, six foot three, from St. Joseph's Fern Tree Gully, the man from Belgrave, he's recently done a bushfire fundraiser at Circus, featured at Section 8, and of course runs Lenny's House of Love. House of House. I like love though, I like love. Greg, <laughs> Lenny, Glenn, welcome to the party. Thank you, Trina. Well, uh, welcome to be here, mate. What is uh, what, what would you like to me to refer to you as tonight, sir? Oh, mate, Lenny or Blake. It's it's one thing that I uh, even struggle myself to introduce myself as sometimes. <laughs> I would say, oh yeah, Blake's my name. Like, oh wait, hold on. You mean Lenny? Oh, sorry, yeah, Lenny. So, well, for many Either years, way, you're always uh, Blakey boy to me. Yes, yeah. But uh, Mr. Lenny is here tonight. We are doing a little bit of a different style of uh, of podcast. This one, in in times where we can't go out and have a good time, um, and we're, we're not going to we're going to talk a little bit about your musical journey, sir, like we do with all of our favourite guests here in the Fangtropolis studios of the TV podcast. But we're going to go through some of Melbourne's favourite. Well, our favourite club nights from probably the last five to ten years, and particularly the iconic tracks from some of those venues, and I guess some of the artists that have helped bring these magical moments to us, uh, and all the other great Melbournians, Victorians, and people from across the world that have been lucky enough to get to venture into some of our great venues. So, which has been plenty. <laughs> I'm very uh, thankful for you to make you uh, for you to be gracing us with your presence, and uh, yeah, well. 
I guess, where can we start, my friend? Well, I'll tell you what, we're here with a glass of wine, mate. We've got a, I just had some sushi. I think we're, we're ready to go. It's good. I'm well, you've come in. We are recording this on a, it's been, what's been a lovely day here in St. Kilda East. You've got the nice hoodie on. You've got the footy shorts. You're a cricketer as well. So you're kind of <laughs> repping the vibe. But more importantly, you are a lover of house music. What is your favourite venue? Gee, favourite venue, mate. Um, there's a few that sort of popped up here or there over the years. Um, I suppose when I first sort of started going out, um, Wawa Lounge was definitely up there. That was, I used to absolutely love going to that place. It's such a shame that it's not around anymore. But Tramp, mate, that's uh, one, of my, one of the all-time favourites. And uh, of course, Revolver, that's shaped my sound in music. And of course, uh, the old Sookie Lounge, mate, where uh, I find myself most of the time on, on weekends. So, so we'll, give you, we'll give you, I guess, a, a quick plug and a bit of a pump up. So you've been DJing for a while now, but Sookie, on uh, one Friday every month, you're out there doing Lenny's House of House. Sorry, I pumped you up with the House of Love. That's right. I might have been changed the House of Love. <laughs> I got to pop around to the House of Love uh, over the weekend and see your little deck set up out the back there. You've got a nice little yes. with a couple of your boys. Yeah, it's nice. Um, yeah. But I guess, uh, how did you first discover your love of, of house music and uh, I guess the, the Melbourne scene because being from Bendigo I guess I'm country I came into it in a little bit of a different way a bit later in life but but you I guess used to ride the bus and you know load up the tunes and were you a bit of a ministry of sound lover or what, what was it mate? Well I suppose when it comes to house music I guess um, basically when I first started out I used to play uh, with a friend of mine Cal Steer who's another bloke that's uh, DJ's around Melbourne and um, yeah we used to do opening sets at Candy and we actually played the first opening set at Candy so straight away Maddie Robin got in contact with us he called us and he wanted to um, you know get like a fun funky sort of housey sort of set going uh, which is for Tramp that was never really done before so that's what sort of started the the love of the house music and um, that set actually went really down really well it's probably one of our favorite sets to date but um yeah ministry sound mate um so people can check that set out you've got a few good sets on soundcloud we've got the soundcloud up here on the on the page uh, what, what's your soundcloud uh handle for people to search you mate uh it is lenny what is it uh, lenny it is lenny dj but um okay, so lenny lenny dj lenny, lenny people, DJ, people yeah. put in lenny dj l-e-double-n-y that's DJ. right yeah that's the one so but um yeah ministry sound i guess mate like, when i was uh in, in school like Every single morning we'd uh, catch the bus in. And back then, as we've, we've talked about before, is, you know, this is before bloody Spotify and and having your iPods and stuff. So you'd have your, your little box of a phone and you'd have fit about five songs on there. And I used to try and go through all my ministry sound CDs, yep. put five of my favourite tracks on, <laughs> get on the bus and go, righto, I've got some cool tracks. Let's yep. show, show everyone on the bus. And, um, yeah, Sessions 4 is a big one, and the annual 2004 were my two most influential sort of electronic dance music tracks. Sorry, albums. But we're not here to talk about the Ministry of Sound. We're here to talk about the real tunes, and particularly, I guess we're going to go pretty deep into Revolver, um, and a lot of the big artists that we've seen play and and been lucky enough to see a lot of big uh, tracks by those big artists there. I mean, most recently we saw on DoofTube, we posted up the Bart Skills playing Your Mind, which was one of the hottest tracks in the world at the time. A few years back, uh, Patrick Topping is one that comes to mind. Uh, yes. I guess tell us, you've seen him a few times now and he's one that we do, I guess, enjoy each time he comes out and the new wave of youth get to, uh, I guess, hear, forget and experience it and then, yeah. then get to go and see him live. But uh, one of those first times we saw him play, he went for about, 
what, six hours, was it? I think he broke a record, didn't he? The longest ever set at Revolver, maybe six, to, time, six yeah. to eight, and then he would come back the next year and he'd say, oh, all right, I'm going to beat the record again, and then he'd, think he'd play <laughs> even longer. I think he'd end up playing 10 hours one yep. of the times there. But yeah, there was that time we went uh, we went together, actually. It was after St Kilda Fest, maybe 2015, and that was when Forget by Patrick Tottenham was huge. It had it taken hot, Melbourne it? by storm. There was something you'd hear at Tramp. you probably hear it three times at Tramp between midnight and, yeah. and 6 a.m., um, and just when you hear that little, dun, dun, like, that's just when Remember you, that? you know, <laughs> yeah, when it gets teased, you just people would flood from smokers, toilets, wherever they were. The yep. dance floors would get jam packed, and um, that's one of the best crowd reactions I've seen at Revolver was yep. forget. And if you remember, there was everyone was on the couches and the lamps were flying around. It's that's always a good memory that is. Yeah, and I think even when artists like that, I think we kind of sometimes get pigeonholed in a, a way that we see him as a bit tech house. And then, you know, later in the night, he's pumping out Run Baby Run at like, you know, nearly five o'clock in on Monday morning. And um, and that's when you just like see, you know, the real revs is really pumping. The, mm. um, the that's real what makes- lovers of music are there then. And, and, and it's good to, when they get rewarded like that with those sort of experiences. Absolutely. That's what makes a good DJ. Like, yes, they may be known for tech house or for house music, let's say, for example, but they are lovers of music. Mm-hmm. So when they get to that, uh, that caliber, especially like Patrick Topping, he'll throw in classics throughout his set and just make it work. And you're just like, this is crazy. This is why he's, you know, one of the best in the world. Now, what are some of your other favorite sets from. Do you want to start with Revs? Oh, we can start with Revs. Because we've yeah. seen a lot of big DJs come out, and I know that you wanted to talk about, I guess, some of the, the different experiences you've had. So I'll kind of, you know, um, I guess, yeah, share share some of your favourites with us, mate, because Melbourne's a special place and we're very lucky to get the artists that we get. Yes, we um, are. The times we get them and we would love to thank all the great promoters and venues that help put on these special events for us. And right now, I guess, is a time where the only way we can touch base with them is on the live streams and it's great to see everyone supporting them in any way they can. But um, I guess the way we've been supporting them for over these years is, is sharing that love of music and, and having to dance. So... Do you, want to, do you want to rattle off some of your other most iconic favourite sets that you've got to experience in Melbourne and, and hopefully people here can, I guess, reminisce on some of those great times as well? Well, Revs, um, I'd been to once before 21, but uh, I actually ended up there on the Sunday of my 21st birthday and it completely just opened up my whole world to a whole new sound of music. Mm-hmm. And um, the main sort of days there that come to mind was... Uh, the Thickest Thieves' fifth birthday party. Uh, Monkey Safari had come out. I think it was their first ever time they'd come out. Um, it was the middle of the day, three o'clock, sun beating through the windows as they do, as it does, sorry. And um, out of nowhere, this big inflatable hand blew up and it was <laughs> the Thickest Thieves' hand. Yep. And everyone just went absolutely crazy. And um, that was uh, that was such a good day. And then Claptone um, comes to mind, 2015. I think we were there together. Yes, we definitely were. Um, was that after we just played... Beyond the Valley? It was. Yeah. Was That's that correct, yep. yeah. And it was cool because I got to see Clapton, who was one of my favourite artists at the time, mm-hmm. twice in three days or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and that's what's great about, the, I guess, the festivals and the events that we get to experience is they will come out and play a, a big festival or a doof and then we get to see them see him, uh, just down the road a couple of days later. Yeah. But, like, I guess probably to set the scene a bit, you, you are a cricketer, you're not a big doofer, you haven't been to Rainbow before, um, you haven't really been doofing before, but the love of music that you share and the passion you have for it is unlike anyone else I've seen in amongst all of the scenes I've been to. So I guess just to pump your tyres up a bit, mate, your your love of the Melbourne uh, live music scene and dance music scene is um, exceptional for someone who's not necessarily just 
going out on a, as a sesher who goes to every doof you want me to get off their guts so to speak do you know what I mean or something like that so the, the fact that you have that passion I think really comes through when you do play your tunes and it's great to see so now tell us about a few more other ones that, yeah, have, um, right. that have really helped mould that mate well I guess um, yeah I suppose I've been to a few little doofs here or there but they're all a little um, more small on the smaller scale yep. but uh, yeah absolute lover of Melbourne and we live in such a great city but um yeah, I suppose uh, a couple other sort of parties that come to mind, I guess. Uh, Katamaka uh, in 2015, they came out. I think Mad Motor McCure was the headliner. Mm-hmm. And that was um, a venue in Northcote somewhere. I can't remember exactly the name of the venue, but that was an unbelievable party. Um, and unfortunately, they don't, don't run them anymore. Which yeah. is, but uh, Patrice Pamel at Suki Lounge, I yes. think, is one of the better sets I've actually have ever ever seen. Yeah, we're lucky enough to see Victor play Victor Ruiz there not long exactly, um, yeah, not long ago as well, which was was my first time to Suki actually. Oh yeah, right, was, yeah, uh, good experience there. Ed Willis was thrashing it uh, downstairs. Was it, do you call it downstairs, even though they're playing up there? Or? Yeah, I think we, we call it the Jungle Bar now. The Jungle Bar. And they've got a bit of a red theme in there, so you walk in and you just boom, you're yeah. ready to go. It's a very funky venue. Shout out the party shirts. <laughs> Um, but Superflu, you mentioned, um, I think at Brown Alley, um, that, that was an awesome one. And I think you, like, we look at those times when they, those guys come out and then we get to, I mean, we, we get to see them play at Rainbow. Um, and then you have these magical moments where a track like Phoebe Maybe's played. I know you're a big fan of Vulcan. Vulcan, yes. Huge Easy. fan. Yep. Yeah. Um, and when that dropped? Yeah, so basically, um, so Superflu, actually, I went and saw them for the first time by mistake in 2014 it was at it was at anyway nightclub which i think is now called treat Correct. i think yep. and it was downstairs and i had no idea who this bloke was but he absolutely thrashed it and um turns out it was super flu and then as soon as i heard that set i jumped on on the bandwagon and they had so many tracks of iconic through revolver if you think about it they had they had raw um they had fall queen of course uh phoebe maybe yep. just to name a few and even, even get the experience like i mean i remember when seeing phoebe maybe at rainbow sun was sitting Half my mates had gone back to the campsite, but I'm like, I'm just hanging for that song. And when it got dropped, it was such a magical moment. And then I think it was almost a year to the day, the Changa Boys were playing. Oh, and the same yes. thing happened with Time. Great and track. And like, you hear that again around, around town or when they get plays, they just, these songs create such special moments. And I, and I think that's probably what drives a lot of people to create music now. And we see a lot of the Melbourne artists that have been making tunes lately, which, is, which has been awesome to see, the channeling that energy and... Um, I know around that time as well, McWell Campbell was one that came out that you that you also yeah. uh, something special, sexy, wanna fuck. Is that the is that the That's the track, something special, yeah. So basically Is that the lyric? I think so, yeah. Something special, Huge sexy. Huge build up and then a big bass line. That reminds me of Tramp, that track to be honest. It's actually wonderful, but like think, especially in that bass. We all like to sing wanna fuck, right. In that bass with those speakers, that track. 100%. I actually got to see McGuell Campbell live at um uh, where was it, Day Spa a couple of years ago. Yep. And that day, I spent the day there, watched him play, dressed up. We had, we had all kinds of colours and feathers going on. <laughs> then went across the Brown Alley and then Superflu played that night. <sighs> so I got to hear, um, yeah, something special live. Yep. And then Volqueen live. And Volqueen was huge for that year following up to it. And then that was the first time they'd come out since that track. Yep. And that was um, one of the biggest crowd reactions I've ever seen. People on shoulders everywhere and... It was crazy. Everyone was cheering and singing. It was fantastic, yeah. Now, we'll get to some of our other, like, all-time, you know, favourite track, favourite moments where we've seen them live. Um, we bonded a lot through Tramp, but before – I mean, that's going to take us down a massive journey, but let's just stay on revs for a bit. Yeah, no So worries. do you want to just give us a few of the other 
uh, I guess some of your other favourite rev sets that might, um, yeah, bring a bit of a, a smile or warm memory to a few people's hearts? Well, I suppose um, uh, a few artists that come to mind. When I, when I think of Revol- when I think of Revolver and the music, I think of artists such as like And Him, Green uh, Green Velvet, Kolsch, Monk Safari, Claptone, Webar, Pleasurecraft. Uh, who else? Audio Jack, mm-hmm. um, Jerry Brigante. So those those artists sort of that sort of shaped Revolver Sundays. But there was a day there where Pig and Dan had come out, yeah, and it was. A bit of hype about it because it was going to be Revolver Sundays, but with a techno flair. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure enough, yeah, it was pumping, absolutely pumping. And Steve Bleece came on, I think, after um, Pig and Dan, and I hadn't really heard of the fella before. Um, and he played this thumping, like Melbourne style techno set. And he, I remember he played uh, what was it techno? Was it techno corner? Techno, Julian Jewel, Jewel, yeah, which has the same. Um, has the same bass as Stranger Stability, if da, you've da, ever da, noticed da, da, da. that. Um, but yeah, that went absolutely nuts. But yeah, that was such a fond day. That was probably one of the better days I've ever had at Revolver, to be honest. Unreal. Um, well, speaking of Bleezy, uh, the first time I got saw him, I know that like we'd be going to Tramp, and, and, and as I said before, you and I bonded quite a bit through Tramp, and I'd be going there quite a bit. And being in Bendigo, I used to work there, uh, Wixie and I, for the most part, would come down on the weekends. Uh, Amy as well, who I guess you became good mates with, with both of those two through through the dancing. And uh, I mean, I, there'd be times where I'd be reloading the Tramp or Rev's Facebook or uh, or websites, like you know, Wednesday, Thursday, waiting to see the lineup, waiting to see the lineup of like, am I going to make the two hour trip to Melbourne this weekend? And uh, there was one weekend when I decided. I was just going to go down by myself. I met a good fellow called uh, Shawnee Everington, who I knew through the Strath Footy Club, and they, uh, those boys lived down here. And he had a couple of beers with them out, out in Richmond, and he's like, let's go to Revs. I'm like, all right, oh, do you reckon we'll get in? What's the, what's the go? I'd only been a couple of times prior to that. And um, he's like, don't worry, I've got a bloke. I've got a bloke who's going to get us in. We'll be right. And this is, you know, 1.30, 1 o'clock or whatever on a Friday night. Saturday Line's morning. probably around the corner halfway yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, we're off our guts. Two blokes, what are your chances? I want to say off our guts, I mean, drinking piss. <laughs> and uh, and this, this big bearded fellow pops up. And Shorty goes, there's this guy, I'm his, I'm his PT. Don't worry, you'll get us in. <laughs> Who do you reckon that bloke was? Oh, it was a security guard by any, by any chance? No, no, it was the big Baloo. Oh, Baloo, yes. Benny Lawrence. One of the most lovable men in Melbourne. A man who has <laughs> um, graced a lot of our favourite clubs, Circus, 161, obviously Somewhere Bar, Tramp as well. But uh, this night at Revs, he wasn't playing there yet. But uh, So he gets Sean and I in and kind of goes off on his way to the bar or whatever, like, you know, have a good night, boys. Five minutes later, Shawnee throws up all over himself. Oh, no. Gets kicked out. I'm like, <laughs> what's the go here? Benny's like, don't worry. I got you. Like, you stay with me. And then Benny, Benny Lawrence just showed me the absolute night. Shawnee's gone home covered in vomit. Shout out to Shawnee. He actually got best on ground in the ben- Bendigo Footy League uh, grand final a couple of years you know later. So <laughs> he probably um, probably did him a world of favour not getting uh, too caught up in, in the yeah, in, like the way I have. But um, to see someone like Benny Lawrence, we've seen the, you know, Lawrence of... Lawrence of Revolver, do his thing. 
Um, but I, I think that's uh, that's one of my favourite Benny Lawrence stories because then we came down a couple of weeks after that and uh, we had a good day on the VBs at Revs and uh, the old 2VB joke that we got from Jamal when back in the day, that uh, 2VB, thanks, two blokes at a bar, what do they want? They want 2VBs. Hmm. They don't even need to ask them. The bartender should know to get us a VB. And that's how, uh, that's how Benny and I kind of really started to bond. But to bring that back full circle is looking at those uh, lineups and coming down uh, and seeing names for Tramp on that Saturday night. And we weren't going to Tramp just for Jungle. We were getting there at midnight and experiencing that whole deep house. And um, probably one of the names that we couldn't miss after I first saw him at Rainbow. Um, and then anytime he played at Tramp for probably the next few years was Steve Ward. And he's been a massive We'd influence. go every week because, well, sorry, I think he'd play once a month and we would Basically, always tee up. Definitely. If Ward is playing, we're going. On, he, we, were, we were on. And, um, and, and I think Anya would always play before him. Yeah, John Mills and, and, and Benny as well. They, they were doing their thing there. And uh, we would just then just started falling in love with um, the tunes that Mickey Knox and John Doe and, and Shannon were playing and Laskus. And you hear these tunes like Mirage. Um, Phil Kieran, Skyhook. Do you remember that track? Yeah, 100%. Uh, there's like, again, like your Run Baby Runs. Um, Chain to a Dead Camel, that sort of stuff. Uh, I guess the early stages of the Green Fetish. Sam Peganini, something an artist you might enjoy. Well, that's I guess what was bringing me to that was when you brought up our favourite songs we've ever seen live. And I think when I saw Mr. Pagger drop that at Earthcore on a Friday night was probably one of the most special experiences of my life. I heard that song coming in and I felt like 10 minutes before everyone else when there was just that, ooh. Which track was this one? I think we all know it, mate. Um, (laughs) And... uh, but at Tramp, it used to get a very similar response. Tell Absolutely. us about your thoughts on the the great song Rave. And for anyone who's interested, I actually did a breakdown for my latest dun, Master's Uni assignment where I analysed that track dun, and did about 1,500 to 2,000 words about it. So if you really <laughs> wanted an overly thought out techno analysis of probably the, what I consider the greatest techno song of all time, Rave by Sam Paganini, even check out his Instagram page because he breaks it down um, it's actually modelled by a track called The Trance Setters. That's yeah, right, right, The Trance Setters, called The Search, um, that he used to play around 1996. But uh, you, know, you guys you guys can go and check out Paganini. But hmm. but that, that was a track that you brought up to me about yeah, uh, about Tramp and, and the impact that would have on a dance floor. Well, you'd hear that drum coming in at the start. You know, the dun, 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 dun. And you could just see everyone would just look up. People at the bar would look to the DJ. People at the back of the basin would look up. And then everyone would flock to the dance floor. That is the one track that I still think to this day would bring everyone to the dance hall. Everyone would just stop what they're doing. Even if they've bought a drink, they just leave it there. doesn't matter. Straight to the dance hall. An absolute wall slapper. Um, a couple of other fun ones from those days. Gypsy Woman. Yes. And um, a bit yeah, of orchestrator comes to mind sometimes. Uh, who else? Okay. T-Rec. Yep. Freak Show Disco. One of my favourite tracks. I'm not going to lie. When I started hearing Rave get played and then I would hear that Eminem Superman vocal. I'm all for acapellas getting played, <laughs> but when if you're gonna play a rap or poppy vocal, don't just go for the most generic one. Go deeper in the artist archive. Go for something subtle. Slip it in. But I guess the style that those guys were going for, they did what they did. But um, that that actually turned me off tramp for a bit. <laughs> yeah. But um, I mean, that, I wasn't turned off for very long. But I guess that just shows my stupid passion for music that putting a, a cheesy vocal over probably the greatest techno song ever I felt was ruining it even though it was probably drawing more people into that song so another track um, that comes to mind Trent is yeah. um, which 
was iconic for actually closing Tramp every single week on the Sunday. And I think, from what I believe, back in the day, it was open, Jungle's open until 3 p.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, I remember being and there. Apparently, it always closed with In the Shadows Love by Birds. Lovebirds, which is probably the most iconic Melbourne track, I believe. Yeah. But um, I was so determined to actually, because I love that song, I was so determined to hang around till close and I did it once yeah. um, and sure enough it got played so I'm glad it was worth the uh, when the lights the are work coming back on <laughs> staying here till 3pm so uh, a, few, a few other ones I think that, that from Tramp particularly I mean I'm probably more of a fan of the Tramp uh, like the Tramp Saturdays the time from that 3am-ish uh, as it builds to Jungle the mm. when it's just that 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 tension and that atmosphere not, not, not the tension but the uh, anticipation the jungle's coming and we're yes. building we're building and we're building and that's when Wardy would play tracks like The Riff you'd get um, Iliario Acante's uh, King Swing Matador remember that yep. you play that as well yeah definitely Anyo even with Ducks in the Kitty Pool oh yes um, Ilio would be there a few times with him uh, sorry, oh, yeah. Ilio and his big be- beaming eyes uh, we saw him rip some absolute <laughs> rippers at, uh, at Revolver as well uh, on the Saturday mornings there very good. Even with sunshine, oh, yeah. unbelievable yeah. to watch live. Um, mm. Especially when you've had a few beers, you really appreciate the art form. Um, it's funny every time I see Anyo now, I always go up and go, "Ducks in the kitty pole, mate." Is it getting played tonight? And he always winks at me. He goes, "For sure, mate." He plays it next song every single time. <laughs> well, a good friend Bryce Kieran, that was one of his favourites, and we were lucky enough uh, to get Anyo to come down to Bryce's twenty-first. Oh, really? Um, as a surprise, Bristol. To Bryce, and uh, Anyo dropped ducks in the kitty pole, and and that uh, made old killing time go a bit bit mayhem so that was that was a good one but uh just to, to keep it rolling i suppose some other big big artists from just around the scene uh you mentioned i guess guess kill frenzy like party all night long was one of their their big ones um what, what other tracks come to mind big fella uh with uh revolver you saying oh just in, ge- just in, in general sorry um well i guess like oh late, late night tough guy um i feel deep is definitely that was a big track. Anytime late night, um, tough, not late night tough guy plays, you either got to be smack bang on the dance floor early or have a couch and don't expect to get up for a while because mm. that place <laughs> is absolutely ram rocked. Well, they say that he played the the most iconic Rev Sunday set of all time. Well, that would have been around 2016, 17? 16, yeah, yeah. And I was in England and I was absolutely spilling because I was playing cricket in England and um, I'm getting bloody Snapchats and Instagram of you yep. boys and yep. bloody... I remember yeah, Sarah wedding right. absolutely oh, being... So giddy for that set and absolutely loving it. And um, I guess that just shows some of the great friendships that this scene has helped provide us. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. how many names have we mentioned already? I mean, mostly me. But tight knit. The, the, the close friendship that these tracks and these artists have helped bring. And I guess that's something that motivates me to try and make good music and, and, and open yourself to create these memories. And I see you working so hard, DJing. And like yesterday, we were having a mix together and you were just an absolute wizard on those decks. And, um, to see all the different songs and um, having a story about each track that you play as well. First heard this here or such and such, drop that there. It's those memories within yourself. Um, I know that I want to try and create those stories for other people to share and that's a part of the drive. Um, what, what, what drives you, mate? I guess if after spending so much time um, going out over the years and having such you know fun nights out, hearing good DJs, good music... I suppose a lot of those tracks that were played uh, regularly back then, I don't know, it's like when I get to DJ now, I get to play some of those tracks and because I love them, my passion for them is second to none. When I get to play them and then watch others experience the same thing I was back in the day and dancing and loving it, then 
that's the biggest drive, I think, um, just what? watching the crowds react. and Your energy as an artist, though, and the love for those songs comes through definitely to the crowd and then i guess that's probably why they vibe off it so hard as well well it's been it's been a little bit strange obviously now with um obviously no one's going out anymore um but as obviously because we can't so when i when you would do a practice mix at home i mean it's it's i sort of find it a little bit hard because you're when you're djing in a club you're playing for the dance floor and, and for the and for the vibe and inside so i don't know when i'm playing on my own it's like you end up just playing sort of what you want to play sometimes got to try and step outside and even just imagine that maybe a crowd's there but it is it is quite difficult but you, you really do vibe off what what everyone's sort of going with and that's that's the best part and i guess that's why these live streams aren't quite the same like you can't you can't play a dj set for like the, what you would play in the club you have to play for people that are sitting at home trying to vibe but you're also trying to replicate that experience for them so it's mm. it's a it's, it's a very well, it's a challenge and it's great to see people um, trying it for to keep entertaining the ones that we love through these times but it's also interesting we mentioned before about Patrick topping an artist like that they keep coming back out and you know I guess people that have been in the scene for a while and him come out every year yeah. I reckon as and well and sometimes I mean people I, I, hear, I hear people say you know they're coming back again but that's when we have to remind ourselves like you know some of these artists have been out playing at Doofs and whatnot before I'd heard them and, it, and, it's, and it's new to us and it's um, everyone's musical journey and there's new 18 and 19 year olds every year and there's new people that are getting getting introduced to this music much like you went from the Ministry of Sound on the bus to that bloke who started showing you Melbourne techno much well, like our podcast. Ryan Griffin <laughs> who showed me what an earth what the Earthcore promo video was and then I was lucky enough to get get some tickets through work when I was working at the media centre in Bendigo um, to go and experience that and it, obviously it's changed my life uh, but even the way that we can look at artists so one that comes to mind that's in this scene and I know it sounds like I'm pumping up a mate again but Sammy Lamarca I mean someone like him um, or even Chasey early back in the day Allegra they're playing at Cloud 9 they're playing a lot of that that Melbourne bouncy stuff that we probably don't connect to that much but now to see the way that they've evolved with the scene and their sound and maturing yeah. as an artist it's actually like um, I mean it's silly to say proud but it's, it's quite admirable very interesting to watch each evolve and even, That's um, why it's so great watching Sammy play because he is diverse. Yeah. But every time he plays a set, even if it's techno or if it's uh, high tech sort of stuff, or he suits the venue, whatever he, he just crowd. he has it going and he's very good at what Definitely. he does. And I think that's the other thing as well. There's a lot of a lot of young artists or, or whatever people ask, um, you know, how to get a gig or try and get a gig. And we've got to remember that. I mean, even you and I, we've only been down here doing this for you know five odd years. I mean, you've been living here a bit longer and going out more than I have. But as far as trying to make it as a quote unquote artist, um, but you got to like I mean we've had Jake and Malmo sitting here, guys like Lee Boy, hands down, um, Wardy. These, these guys have been doing it in this scene for fifteen, like you know 10, 15, 20 years. Um, they they don't get these residencies overnight either, and they um, they they work their asses off. And um, I mean, it's persistence, putting in the hard work. Yeah, keeps coming back every single week, doing the right thing by the club. That's that's the biggest. Thing as a DJ, yeah. if if you if you're getting put uh, if you're getting put on by a crew, you want to do everything you can for them. Be there early. You yeah. want to hang around, have a few, bring a bring a crew, um, party, get to know the place. So then when you play, you know the place hands down how it works, what sets are getting played. So then you can do the right the right thing by them. Yeah, most definitely. Um, we're just gonna have a quick break. Thanks, Blakey. No worries. Please excuse this break in transmission. 
Massive thank you to all of our passionate DoofTube supporters. Remember to check out all of our new content at DoofTube Live on Instagram and also YouTube. We've got some exclusive content on our YouTube channel, some interviews with all of our favorite artists, Mandragora, 4i20, Perfect Stranger, all the locals, hands down, Lee Boy, Jacob Malmo, Chani, behind the scenes with Albert Hunt, We've, uh, we've been very lucky with some of our guests, including Nanaplex. Ben Coder's pumping out some awesome tunes from across the pond. Keep supporting us. We appreciate it. Everyone who's donating to us at patreon.com slash dooftube as well. We'll continue to keep providing exclusive content for you down there. We truly appreciate it. Uh, we've been broadening in our horizons lately with a bit of sports content as well, and that will continue to happen throughout the year. Hope everyone's being safe through these isolation times. Um, support all your local businesses. Support your mates. Give them a call. Make sure everyone's feeling grouse. Um, and if they're not, it doesn't hurt to just go and knock on the door and say good day at their house. Have a great one, everyone. Back to the pod. Now, we've talked about some of our favorite memories um, put it out to the DoofTube community as well. Anyone who uh, you can, uh, I guess, post a comment on our Facebook page. Uh, even actually rate and review, we'd much appreciate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or however you're experiencing this through your earballs. Um, but probably more so, uh, yeah, we, we'd love to hear what some of your favourite memories or tracks are as well. And I think that Revolver group that's been floating around is mm. um, a nice place for people to share some of their stories, I guess, much like we are here. So it's been cool to, to check that out and also see some of their favourite tracks. Um, I guess uh, back to yourself, though, at uh, Circus. Was that where you had your first gig? We haven't touched on Circus yet. That's where Benny Lawrence also gets it done. Yeah, I um yeah, I was, I was working one one week and I, I was DJing, doing a couple of parties and practicing flat out at home. And yeah, um, my good friend Cal Steer called me and says, oh mate, my uh, DJing partner's pulled out for circus this weekend. Would you like to play? Uh, Pommy, the fellow who runs it there, um, said if you're happy, he's happy. So yeah, played my first ever set out at circus and that was six till seven was what we used to call the graveyard shift but back then it was usually still it was a, well i think it still is now but it was pumping six till seven which was grouse but yeah big shout out to uh pommy there he's um been a great man and he's done very well with circus always kept yep. up with the times always relating to the the youngins and he's been in it for a long time to still be ahead of the game he's done well but um yeah it was awesome i got I got a call up to help him out and run a uh, bushfire appeal fundraiser in January. Um, so that was a collaborative party with Lenny Sousa House. Fantastic. Um, and that was all, just such a great night. It was almost like we turned back the clock, got the old crew together, got a few DJs. I think I had um, Cal Steer, Obey, Marky Mark, um, Sammy Dale, Connor Mack, Sean Wu, uh, to all come back and it was like you know a party of old and yeah i think we raised yeah two and a half thousand dollars or something like that oh, fantastic right on yeah, mate. it was awesome and uh what are some of your other favorite gigs that you've had over the years oh favorite gigs gee um i suppose the first one that comes to mind it would have to be uh sookie invasion of revolver sundays 2017 yeah uh to be able to play at revolver sundays which i didn't think i would ever get to at least that early and um to have my spin on what I think of Revolver Sundays with Cal was such a special day, especially at the, towards the end of the set. Um, Cal and played a real feel-good sort of euphoric track. I forget the name now, but everyone had their arms up singing along to it. <laughs> so good. Um, but, yeah, uh, Candy, um, they did a night where it was Spacey Space and Travelos. Yeah. Um, 
And originally, Travel, so have we talked about Melbourne sound and our favourite? Like when I talk about the, looking at that lineup before I go to Melbourne, I just I was tonguing for where Travelos was. Really, <laughs> He's a genius. There's times that we'd end up going to TFU or three o'clock on a Sunday night, and then this is why I had to move to Melbourne because then I'd have to rock up to work in Bendigo at nine o'clock on a Monday. And <laughs> needless to say, my brain still had. Um, We've still had uh, TFU. Still had a few of Travelos's tunes pumping through it. Um, but yeah, like I mean, Love Bazaar comes to mind with Travelos. The, the, the mystery of the man, I think, is is almost just as much of a mis- mis- mystique as uh, as his tunes, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. He's he's very he's quite diverse as well. I would say. Oh, travels. most definitely. Um, I'd say, is there any other DJs like that we've we've kind of overlooked? Well, T Rex, I think, definitely comes to mind. Yep. What about? He's, sorry, yeah, carry um, on. That's right. Uh, I suppose back in the day. Well, we won't we won't go too deep into um into I guess the history of Revolver. Anyone who's listened to the podcast, we did an excellent one last year with Nick Tal Hamilton. Um, you can check that out on YouTube. Bell and obviously, boy, if tell. you scroll down, whoever you're listening to this now, you'll be able to see that. And he tells some great stories um, of books. Yeah, get stuck into it, big fella. Pop it up. <laughs> See, um, another red. But like, and I know. Yeah, I don't want to turn into this into another one because if you want to hear the history of, of Revs and I guess a lot of that earlier history of Melbourne, um, Melbourne's underground scene, that, that one with Tal... I mean, I learned so much in, in those couple of hours, but I just love sharing the story about how he, how he says how Boog's taught him that you can move the energy of the room with the plates. And as the plates spin, you can see the energy of the room shift. And do you have any uh, any special Boog's memories? Well, of course, he was always playing uh, first thing on Sunday morning, but I don't I've never even told, uh, told you if I've ever told. Let me say that again. I don't think I've ever told you my Boog's story. Well, what, what's Blakey's Boog's story? So we saw Kolsch at Brown Alley 2015, uh, which was quite a big night. Uh, and Boog's closed. I think he played five till seven or something like that. Went home, had a bit of a snooze, and had a mate call me up saying they were going uh, forward driving. Right. So I was a bit, you know, a bit worse for wear, and I thought, oh, bugger it, I'll come out, uh, you know, forward driving. So I think we went out like Bunyip or something like that. And um, in the middle of the bush, coming down this treacherous track, there's this Toyota high-ass van in the middle of the track. And I'm like, who the, who the bloody hell's out here in a van? And this lady winds down the window, um, big ciggy hanging out of her mouth, or might not have been a ciggy, might have been something else. But um, anyway, she's like, we're like, are you all right? She's like, no, we'll be fine, thanks. And my mate goes, that was Boogs in the front seat. I'm like, mate, there's absolutely no bloody way that that's, that's Boogs because we're in the middle of nowhere. And then the bloke was driving, he's like, oh, we better turn around and help him out. And so we went back and, yeah, the fellow who got out of the front seat was Boogs. Right. And I couldn't believe my eyes. <laughs> and then my mate who first said it goes, oh, no, nah, it's not Boogs. And I said, no, it actually is, mate. Yeah. But anyway, um, I was sort of a bit starstruck because I was like, mate, I saw, only saw you play five hours ago or six <laughs> hours ago at Brown Alley. He's like, oh, yeah, that was a great gig, wasn't it? And he goes, but, yeah, we're looking for the Forgotten Kingdom. And we oh. sort of all looked around at each other and were just like, I had no idea what he meant by that. I'm just like, oh, all right. And he's like, yeah, can't you hear it? And he starts sort of like listening and we're sort of listening and then couldn't really put together what he was talking about. Where, whereabouts were you? Uh, like Bunyip, sort oh, of Gembrook. Oh, because they did a Forgotten Kingdom out in Bendigo one year. Yeah, well, that's that, I had no idea at that point in time what it yeah. was. So we just thought he was a bit loopy or something like that. Yeah. And um, Anyway, we towed him out. He goes, looking for the Forgotten Kingdom. Yeah. He's just been playing. What's this? What is he? Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, exactly. So yeah, we've towed him out. And um, at the top of the hill, he goes, oh, this is where we need to be. And we said, oh, mate, 
well, I'm glad we could help. He's like, well, if you ever come to Revolver again, um, just hit me up. I'll, I'll, I'll give you drink cards every single time. So anyway, I, it must have been uh, a bit of an escalated weekend because I end up being back at Revolver on the Sunday, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, you know, that happens to the best of us. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I bumped into Boogs again and he had a bit of a, a bit of a scar in his head. And I'm like, oh, how'd you go, mate? What happened? And he's like, oh, yeah, I found the Forgotten Kingdom. It was this bush door festival in the middle of the bush and um, I was four hours late to my set. He said, if you guys didn't tow, tow me out, we would have been stuck there forever and I would have missed my set. <laughs> like, oh, well, there you go. So, but yeah, I was so worried about getting to the gig. I ran up the stage. I've hit my head on a beam <laughs> yeah. and he said he, did, he said he nearly knocked himself out. I couldn't believe this story as I'm hearing it. Yeah. And he played the rest of his set and he said then he had to rush from wherever he was to then play at Revolver Sunday. So it must have been a pretty long gig now, I think. <laughs> and um, yeah, apparently when he rocked at Revolver, he had a bit of a colour in his head from where he hit his head and a little bit of dry blood and he had no idea that he was uh, bleeding from the head. <laughs> but anyway, man of his word, he uh, shouted me a drink. We had a shot of tequila and he gave me a couple of drink cards. And still to this day, um, every time I got a Revolver, uh, me and Bradley share a shot behind the decks, and he gives me his drink cards every single time. So, absolute legend. If I got if I got a free shot for every time I said, "Why did the Mexican push his wife off a cliff?" and then half the venue yelled "Tequila," <laughs> as uh, a shot goes down, then I have a lot of free shots at revs. But um, I guess uh, you're talking about um, rolling in funny. Uh, sorry, uh, how we end up back at revs on a Sunday far too regularly. I don't know about you, but I think one one thing that I think everyone's been through at one stage or another is uh, having, to have, having to have a phone call that revs, whether it's from your mum, family, <laughs> you've got work the next day, you're supposed to be at a dinner, it's, it's, the, it's the lull or the dusk late in the arvo and the world outside is, you know it's not anything like what's happening in there. And you've got to go and stand by the ATM or at the top of the stairs. and Smokers. You're having that chat. <laughs> And, uh, oh, what are you doing? Oh, no, just not going to be able to make it tonight. Or, you know, oh, just, you know. Mumbling that, as you talk. That's, that, that, that is, that is revolver, isn't it? That and, um, just getting. Well, the other thing that comes to mind. the couch with your yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> the other thing that comes to mind is, um, when you've, you've, you you're sort of on your last legs and all of a sudden a new fresh crew come in. Oh, and they just, all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's usually well, it looks like, like I'm staying again. Nine o'clock <laughs> on a Sunday, you're like, okay, it's gone. Especially in the summer, <sighs> sun's gone down, and then it's the people that have been out in the sun all day and they're ready to come and rock and roll. And you're like, oh, oh well, right, let's okay. go again. <laughs> all right, straight to the bar. No, good fun. Yep, straight into the tip jar. All right, uh, what other what other venues have we have we might have missed? Obviously, Port and Co. We've we've spoke so fondly about that here. Um, One six one, I guess again there the iconic DJs, guys like Tom Evans. Malmo, as, as we mentioned. Steve Bleas. Um 100%. Breakfast and, Club's another one. Yeah, and you know when, when you're going to be there, you know what you're going to get, but then you also get something new each time or you learn a new story about someone. And, What's and my feeling about Melbourne at the moment? It's sort of now starting to divide into their own little sections and have yeah. its own sound, its own following. So I think it's a really exciting time for Melbourne because, yeah, each, each click and each place is going to keep yeah. build, building and building and... Yeah. But it might end up not saying to the extent of what Berlin's like, but they've got cultural community followings of each club and each crew. Well, apparently and they've Melbourne's started, definitely going that way. Apparently they've started doing private nightclubs in Berlin, 20 to 30 people. Yeah, I've heard that too. I yeah. think that's just essentially a house party or a kick-on, isn't it? But you're charging <laughs> your mates to get in? I don't know. What's going to, um, but I guess, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting times going ahead and we're not going to you know, dwell on, 
on the negative here, and I appreciate you whacking on the old dead old hand sanitizer that we've we've got out there. But we are more than two meters away, and there's only two of us in the house. Um, but uh, no, it's been a been a been a pleasure, mate. But where, 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 where do you see, I guess, things going forward from here? Because you're obviously working hard at your craft, mate, and, and it's good to see. Uh, I think you're going to do a special guest mix for us as well, which we're going to probably post up on the DoofTube SoundCloud with some of your favourite. Melbourne tracks or tra- tracks from the Melbourne clubs. Yeah, um, I don't know if you knew you were going to do that, but you're not, doing it now. Doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I, I don't know. What, what do you see? Because there's, we, we don't know about going back. It's obviously going to be a challenge. Um, but I mean, I think people's love for this seat. I mean, the first time the Revolver's doors are going to open, I mean, we see 18,000 people in a group of people pretending to be at Revolver. Yeah. Even if half of them still lived in Melbourne, you're still going to expect probably half of them. You'd probably expect a lot of 4,000 people to be try and get into revs, like I don't know how clubs are going to try and deal with what's going to happen. I think um, um, it'll obviously but, yeah take a bit of time, but the energy in the room, regardless if it's still a lesser amount of people, the energy is still going to be second round, if, if not better. And right, it'll be more. I special. think um, it'll yeah, as you said, yeah, it'll be more special. I think everyone's appreciation for one another, one another, will heighten even more. Yeah, uh, more shots getting paid for. Uh, I think the probably prices <laughs> of them are going to be a little bit more yes. too to help. Um, much like many of the restaurants. Um, any other thoughts going forward, mate, or, or anything that you that I may have missed? Well, as I said, I think obviously now things have we don't actually know exactly where we're going after uh, restrictions are lifted. But I mean, as I said, every sort of uh, nightclub has a sort of niche following and community now, and I think that's quite special here in Melbourne. And I, don't know, I just hope, yeah, hope it uh, gets back to what it was and. The people will still be there. The support will still be there, even more than ever. So, yep. that's where um, that's the exciting part. I think bring bring everyone back together again. Yeah. Well, I think one thing I can say, and, and those that know me, they know that regardless of what I've been through or they've been through, everyone's still going to have my love and support. I mean, it's a weird thing to say, but I mean, I've I have I have cold showers every morning. I learned to do cold tubs with. With Johnny King and and another good mentor of mine, Luke O'Shea, from when I moved to Melbourne, and um, and I mean one one thing that I do, I know this is probably a bit behind the curtain, but I mean I pray in the shower every day. That I mean I like to, to uh, like what I've learned this from yoga is. Um, yeah, sorry, Blakey. Um, one thing that I uh, I learned from yoga is you kind of at the end, you before you do your namastes, you you honor thyself and you kind of pray. To, you, well, not pray, but however people like to send it throughout the universe is how I phrase it. But pray is right, I guess. You know, you you speak the truth. You want to honor thyself and within. Um, and I always like kind of pray to happiness to everyone out there even those that hate me or might not like me um, but more importantly I guess those that love and I know everyone's got so much love in their heart at this time and um, I just feel that if we keep sending out these good vibes and and the happiness and and all the, the great energies that we get from people at these events that we are so lucky to get to go to um, then the world is going to be good 
and the world is good and this has been a good time for people to connect more with their families and probably not quote unquote sesh as much um, it's been nice to see people that would normally probably feel obliged or just go to a venue on a time of the week where maybe they could be doing something else to be able to see pictures of people going for walks with their families and uh, a lot of exercise and riding their bikes and, and doing different things and I tell you what it's fucking great to see the rims back on the Paran basketball court <laughs> but um, I mean I'm not, I said we weren't going to get into this but I mean it's just just one thing I think is if we just keep staying positive and just keep working hard at how we can and um, whatever your industry is, it is whatever industry you're in, whether you're a waitress, whether you're an artist, whether you're a tradie, I mean, tradies, you're lucky. Um, but just keep grinding. Persist. Uh, I don't really have any special pep talks that I want to give. I don't know how I got on this thing. It must have been that extra bit of uh, wine that you gave me before. Um but just know that everyone who's out there, if you ever want want to chat, uh, we're here. We've got a good team here at DoofTube. Uh, Julian's had to go back to New Caledonia, but he's also he's very easy to get in touch with. We've got some great boys down at Primitive People, Josman Tracks, Euphoria Berserk, obviously all the crew out at Sookie. Um, we did a little artist feature on DoofTube last week with Ebony Willis. Um, it's even, I mean, we talked about young young artists before and, and the, the crowd these days, and I mean, you think back to the clubs, the, the people we'd see it. I mean, I never really went to Cloud Nine much, um, or Hidden Forest, all those mm. places. But then you see, like, I mean, even young females and their love for music now, and they've got there's such great role models in the scene, and um, and their passion for it, and, and our whole audio community is a smarter and the evolution of man is fantastic I'm going on a rant Blakey pull me up it's good to see these um, it's good to see great role models there for people and the messages that people have been putting out in these tough times absolutely mate. well said cool well said. Right. So you, you, what are you, so are you working on anything at the moment, mate? Or oh, you mate. saying all that being a role, role model? Yeah, well, uh, we've been trying to put as much. Uh, I mean, we, we love sharing our interviews and our stories from DoofTube. Obviously, we haven't had as many live things to share lately because of everything that's been going on. So we've been trying to pump out as much nostalgia uh, footage as we can, but without kind of just going back to the well and the same things too much. So if anyone's got some old videos that they would love us to share through the DoofTube pages. Or the TV podcast, please send them through. Um, I've kind of channeled my energy back into studying, as I mean, I've talked about it before my experience with SAE, and I'm now doing my master's degree. Um, and as part of that, I've got a new release coming out, very nice, which will be uh, it's an independent release. This is not to make money, this is just to try and spread again some good tunes. Um, I've dedicated my life to this industry now much like many people have and, and have it taken away for a lot of them who are a lot deeper in it and rely on it a lot more than I do. Um, it's definitely been a, sh- a shock. And, um, but yeah, no, nah, mate, I mean, I showed you some of the tunes the other night. What did you reckon? Uh, uh, very good, mate. Very, very good. Yeah. I appreciate that. I could, uh, I could definitely hear the fine tuning and you had a little story behind each track, which yep. I think was quite impressive, mate. Um, so you'll see the teaser campaign come out soon. Um, if you check out my, uh, well, I mean, we'll, we'll post it on, on DoofTube and the DoofTube Instas and through. Uh, there's a new artist. It's not Trentoff. 
okay. for the production. For the production, you want to see Trent off DJ? You can see Trent off DJ. But for the production, we're going on a different journey. Check out our social medias. If you want, you can subscribe to DoofTube. We do a monthly mailing list at DoofTube Live. Um, you can subscribe to us on Insta. Sorry. On Insta, it's at DoofTube Live or also at DoofTube Live at gmail.com. We welcome any feedback from the listeners, ideas. Tell me I'm being a dickhead. I mean, I've just had a big silly old <laughs> rant about manifestation again. Um, but yeah, no, we appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to my music and those others that I've uh, made sit through it. But we just want to share good tunes to people, mate. At the end of the day, That's right. music has done, it's provoked so much great thought to me. It's where you go out. You go out and have fun. Have a dance, meet that, people. That's, that's entertainment first. Reason. Get a bit of education or a bit of inspiration along the way. Then, I mean, you don't need inspiration in this industry. If you, if you if you need to go and try and find inspiration, then you shouldn't be doing it because it's just it should be the fire in the belly. And uh, I got that from Mister Tubbs, who I've been doing a bit of work for, and it's great to see someone who's so focused and and lives their life with a, with a great plan and get the rewards they deserve. And I think that so many others are now as well because it's been a great time for recalibration. And I tell you what, mate, you coming in and just talking about these tracks has brought up so many great memories. You've fucking made the smile on my face bigger than the one on yours now. <laughs> so we really appreciate that. Lenny's House of House at Sookie. That's when right. they're back, we will be telling you all about it. In the meantime, check out Lenny DJ on SoundCloud. Mate, we've nearly babbled about tunes for an hour now, and you've actually just let me go down a rabbit hole I didn't want to go down. But um, as we're we back said, though, mate. We're back now. As we said, if anybody through this time, it is not an easy time. If you want, if you, we've seen people do 25 push-ups. Instead of doing the 25 push-ups and putting a four-minute video up that none of your mates really watch for quote-unquote mental health awareness, how about you just take that four minutes to ring a different one of 25 friends each day for 25 days and see what happens. Phone call goes they, a long way. And if they don't answer, leave a funny voice message or, or something insightful or just tell them about your day because even just seeing a missed call from a mate you haven't seen for a while, I mean, I used to try and do it. When I, I mean, I still try and do it. But when I used to go back to Benio more regularly, whether it's an old basketball coach, someone you go to school with, um, you just don't know what's going on with people. And it means less time off the phone too, mate, because if you uh, decide to send text messages instead, you'll be on your phone all the time texting. You're Call, staring at that bang, screen, get, get all square that. Eyes. Yeah. All right, what's your favourite tune right now before we go? Oh, mate, um, well, we spoke about it. Oh, right, currently right now? Uh-huh. Oh, uh, what is my favourite track? Well, one that I used to give it a good flogging was uh, Fly Away, Dennis Ferrer remix. Very Absolutely nice. love that track. Uh, and another recent one, Hip Cats, David Penn. That is one of my uh, go-tos. Absolutely love playing that track, mate. So Very nice. Yeah. Fantastic, mate. All right. Um, mine's called Esoteric. Um, you'll uh, you'll find it coming out very soon on the Can't Drift Tube at Bendigo Records. Um, as uh, we like to do at the end of each of our episodes, uh, we, our ceremonial gift of wine is there for you. What is the oh. very special name that that one's got, my friend? Beautiful. The uh, what is it? The rabbit in the hair or something. Like rabbit that. in the hair. Rabbit the hair and the tortoise. Exactly. Because I think a few times at Revolver, there's always <laughs> someone who's running around like a funny hair and uh, going 100 miles an hour. And there's also a tortoise that's just popping around near the couch yeah. or the bar. So I thought that one was relevant for today. Thank you very much. I regard us, all you beautiful beings. Thank a pleasure, you so much mate. for staying with us. And uh, peace, love, and rainbows. Bye bye. Thanks again to Blake, Lenny, Glenn. Check him out on SoundCloud at Lenny DJ. And of course, once we get back into the routine 
at Lenny's House of House out at Swiggy Lounge in Belgrave. Now, as promised at the beginning, here's that track that I was working on through the middle of the night. It's still not finished. Don't judge me too hard, but hopefully this pumps you up and gives some fun energy. Um, in tribute to the king. So here's to John King, the principal at ULaw, the man who helped so many. Live and let live, Johnny. Rage against the machine. (laughs) 